everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with uh, Anatoly Carlin. Um, Anatoly, it's good to meet you. Uh, you know, we've texted a few times, we've DM'd, uh, but you know, I've been following your work for a while, and this is the first time we've we've either looked at each other uh, or have been able to speak. Um, can you introduce yourself to the listeners for those who don't know who you are? Uh, okay, yeah, uh, sure. I've been blogging since since uh, 2008 uh, under my own name. Uh, first, I started blogging about Russia. Then I sort of started uh, expanding into other topics. So I was sort of like even blogging about IQ and economic development, uh, also from very early on, transhumanism, sort of those topics, uh, uh, So which became a constant. I was doing pretty from a pretty early sort of time in my life. And um, uh, in 2015, I joined the UNS Review. Mm. And uh, I then spent uh, five or six years uh, uh, there. Then I left and uh, I plan to resume uh, blogging uh, imminently. Well, uh, I wrote some articles uh, with a retrospective of my sort of like blogging career, uh, which we will presumably discuss right now. Mm. Uh, and uh, after this, uh, I'm sort of like, uh, I mean, I'll be doing all sorts of stuff, uh, but primarily I'll be setting up a Substack. I mean, it's pretty much ready to go now. Um, and uh, I will be talking about things like um, um, AI control and uh, how we can sort of like navigate a route between the paper clips not eating us all and uh, not falling into a dysgenic dark age. Mm. So you know, uh, like topics which I think are pretty pretty important and uh, somewhat above the um, uh, geop- the political fray and uh, sort of like the um, Middle Eastern and uh, East European type conflicts that uh, dominate uh, a lot of the bandwidth right now. So, yeah, yeah that's sort of like the... So, yeah, I, can, I mean, I've been a big fan of your work for a while. I mean, I discovered you through UNS Review. I mean, you left for good reasons because UNS is, you know, crazy. Um, no offense, Ron, if you if you hear this, uh, but you know he has a lot of crazy stuff on the uh, on the website. And I, but I always, you know, was a big fan of your work. Um, you know, you're interested in sort of, you know, you're a very honest writer. Like you would, you know, like you t- you talked about this in your uh, uh, three recent pieces, or you you called it a book. So you had your sort of intellectual development. Um, you know, you were you're Russian nationalist, um, but you were also sort of open about the flaws of the Putin government, right? While supporting it, and also always, I always went to you for a sort of a realistic assessment of what's going on. It's just very, very rare uh, to find that. Um, but you have these three essays um, called uh, the, uh, the Soy Pill Manifesto, uh, the Z of History about Russian nationalism, and why jail is programmed for all rightoids. Um, that one, by the way, uh, I didn't understand the title. Could you, I read it, the whole thing, but I couldn't understand. Well, what's, the, what's the title? Why is the why jail is programmed for all rightoids? What does that mean? Uh, it's basically this um, uh, theme from crypto Twitter. I like cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, like one of the sort of like uh, themes they have going on is that, uh, oh, you're going to jail. Uh, like this shitcoin has collapsed to you here. So, so the jail is all that's left for you now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that kind of um, a theme of uh, uh, bankruptcy and inevitable doom, essentially. 
Okay. But in a sort of jokey, jokey, laughy manner. You you do this uh, you do this with your writing. You have a lot of these sort of inside jokes and these sort of shorthands, which are which are funny if you get them. But sometimes you don't you don't get them, and then it's like, what what the hell is he talking about, right? Um, but yeah, okay. So I enjoyed the piece. I encourage people to read all of these things. And you know, you you are we have like sort of a little bit of a similar trajectory. I think we were. Um, I wasn't a Russian nationalist and I didn't have any of those connections or anything. Um, but we were, um, we were both rightoids, um, about the same time. I think we were both conventional sort of, uh, you know, far right people who are, you know, biologically informed, probably had the same views on a lot of things. Um, I'm still more of a rightoid, I think, than you are. Um, and maybe we'll talk about those differences, but also sort of just sort of dis- uh, disillusioned with conservative conservatives, uh, sort of the rightoid inter- international, um, and just the ways that sort of like, you know, especially the sort of the, the theocratic sort of influence, which we're both, you know, strongly against. Um, but, I, you know, the one thing that you do, I think, is that you – uh, you really think that AI is? I mean, you're 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 on the Yudkowsky uh, kind of sort of wing of that debate. Like, I can't follow you completely because you think and every I'm, debate is pointless yeah. because you think we're all going to die potentially soon, right? You think it's it's over? Well, like a decade to a couple of decades. I mean, um, I mean, I've been following this debate for quite a long while. I mean, I read Boston's Superintelligence when it came out in 2015. I mean, a lot, a lot of it is still relevant, highly recommended, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's also HBD realist. Incidentally, there was a minor scandal about that uh, uh, a few months ago. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, my sort of like basic thesis is not that uh, I don't necessarily bias Yudkowsky's uh, uh, argument that um, uh, that, uh, that you know this uh, these orthogonality arguments um, that uh, AIs will necessarily uh, converge to be power maximizers that uh, result in human extinction. I think the uh, sort of like uh, and just to very quickly summarize it, uh, the more dangerous sort of uh, like maybe even default scenario uh, is that uh, when you have a lot of uh, uh, new agents crop up which uh, have uh, their costs of reproduction are essentially zero, and uh, they think uh, like approximately a million times faster than humans, and uh, they soon um, like develop to a level at which uh, at which. Uh, which exceeds the intellectual capacity of, of any single human. I mean, we both know the HPT and uh, sort of like the cognitive capitalism literature, uh, like countries with an average IQ of 105 are much more functional than countries like with an average IQ of 95, like even pretty minor differences in, in average intellect convert into pretty large um, differences in, in performance. And potentially you're going to be having uh, multiple standard deviations sort of uh, like leaps forwards. Uh, and um, uh, the question is, uh, uh, like, unless you sort of leash them and properly align them, which is sort of is its own kettle of fish, because how do you go about lining something that's vastly smarter than you? Um, uh, then uh, they basically, I mean, they don't even have to be sort of like um, uh, anthropocidal necessarily. Uh, they will be, uh, we could have a scenario in which they're so um, uh, competitive and uh, because the cost of the production is zero, uh, the um, um, society ecosystem then very quickly converges to a state that is Malthusian. And uh, so just to like do an analogy, uh, if you have a 10 acres, then that could either support a farm, an industrialized farm, say, that could support several families, or it could uh, support a solar farm, which can support uh, uh, millions or billions of, of, of AIs. 
And uh, in the sort of Malthusian scenario, it doesn't really even matter uh, the individual dispositions of these AIs towards uh, humans or the biosphere at large. Uh, the um, uh, basically there will be uh, extreme uh, selection for uh, for um, like AIs. I mean, the, the caring about the biosphere will be a luxury uh, that uh, would be unaffordable in in such a hypothetical Malthusian scenario. And that seems to be like a pretty sort of like default outcome, unless uh, uh, there's sort of like uh, careless is taken to steer away from this specific sort of like doom scenario. Yeah. But I mean, you could, yeah, that's, that's okay. Yeah. There's, it's a long, uh, uh, you know, I do think it's, it's a sort of, it's a long debate. I mean, there are smart people like Hansen and Pinker who I've talked to who don't think, um, who think that basically it's going to remain a tool. You know, they think that there's something unique about our yeah. evolutionary history that sort of made us, um, you know, into these beings that want to dominate and control others. And, you know, there's maybe diminishing returns to intelligence or they're just, you know, they just don't have that sort of biological drive. And that's the difference. I don't know. I, I've, I've, like, I think that, you know, you, if I was completely convinced, um, you know, I, I would probably be closer to you and say, uh, who cares about you know entitlement reform or low birth rates or whatever? Because you say the time scales on this these things are such that they're gonna they're not gonna matter. I mean the AI thing is gonna take over, and I'm just I'm in a place where uh, you know I'm just not as sure. I, I just feel I, you yeah. know I, I get these doomer sort of arguments, and I sort of understand the other place, and usually I can I find myself able to come to a conclusion on something, but this one I'm just sort of I feel lost. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I one thing I'd point out is that the um, um, uh, like the predictions, uh, prediction market assessments of when we will have AGI have collapsed from about 2050 in 2021 uh, to uh, 2030 or so. Last time I checked, um, like by 2023. Uh, so uh, you basically had this extreme extreme yeah. change uh, that's driven by LLMs. And even if LLMs per se don't lead to AGI, you will now have a massive, you are having a massive tsunami of techno capital uh, coming into the sector. Uh, so uh, even if LLMs per se don't lead to it, you will now have a vastly sort of like more efficient and intensive exploration of this uh, sort of entire but, but do we uh, have idea like, space. Is there anything on the horizon besides LLMs that could potentially, just because a lot of ideas go and money go into something doesn't mean necessarily going to come anytime soon. Do we have, are there potential other methods to get there besides LLM that we know about now? Well, I mean, sure. I mean, tons of approaches from the, um, uh, like from previous decades of, of uh, AI research, uh, but uh, synced in different ways with LLMs, uh, which uh, by themselves can already uh, perform uh, at sort of literally AGI levels uh, in many domains of, uh, of expertise. So if you look at Midjourney 6, uh, I mean, that's pretty much uh, art design uh, solved, like fantasy book covers. That's it. Mm. Uh, those guys are pretty much out of the job now, I think. Mm. I thought that the you're saying that like the dolly, the kind of technology that under underlies that, or is that something else? Yeah, yeah. But dolly Mijen is six, which is yeah. Mm-hmm. My understanding was that that's pretty much the same. Is it, isn't the conceptually very very the same to LLM? Or, or, or I'm not an expert in this. I don't know. 
Uh, well, yeah, sure. I mean, they generate images, and uh, I mean, you can use them for different tasks. Uh, you can, uh, I mean, they can learn to play uh, chess from scratch, and then uh, beat any grandmaster just from uh, looking at uh, uh, millions of previous games and inferring the rules by themselves. And uh, um, uh, so, uh, I mean, uh, in a lot of basically, what you have is in a lot of sectors. You have AIs uh, either sort of converging with top human performance or in several domains actually uh, exceeding it altogether uh, and by several orders of magnitude. Uh, So uh, once you introduce uh, some independent uh, um, like agency with its own like self-sustaining uh, and malleable goals to it, uh, then uh, you, you are pretty much close to an AGI already. And the theory is that once you have AGIs, you can rapidly generate new copies of, of, of them because cost reproduction is zero. They can then co- coordinate with each other uh, to improve themselves further. Uh, and uh, soon enough, you get a so-called super intelligence out of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I mean, I mean, I mean. Here's the thing. Uh, even if uh, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, people criticize me for flipping uh, my views a lot, and I mean, obviously, uh, Putinism's uh, failure as the deal by the Ukraine war played played a big role in that. Uh, but also the uh, diminution diminution of AGI type timescales by twenty years from something that was hypothetically, speculatively going to happen in twenty fifty uh, to something that looks increasingly likely that it's going to happen as early as twenty thirty. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think it's pretty rational to adjust one's perspectives and life goals uh, in in light of that uh, sort of like uh, new information. And uh, even if uh, even if the AI stuff sort of uh, hits an AI winter uh, sort of asymptote for a while, which is entirely possible, obviously, I mean, it's happened a lot of times before. Uh, you have uh, some very interesting developments happening in human enhancement. You like a lot of the alleles that answer for human intelligence have been found. There's sort of like a stealth company that's uh, going to come to uh, uh, to market. Uh, uh, Late, late, late next this year already. Um, you'll, you'll hear about it uh, when you hear about it. Um, uh, that sort of uh, like if, if you select between ten embryos, then you can get a yeah. uh, an improvement your, in the IQ like yeah. of, of eight human, points. Yeah, we have to keep human intelligence yeah. sort of. It's a biological, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a sort of a face, a uh, safe way to sort of potentially. Either head off AI or get a handle on AI or compete with AI or you know yeah. whatever the case may be. It's it's still us. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm a transhumanist, so I mean, I support smarter people anyway, uh, because yeah. I mean, when I was a nationalist, it was because I wanted to Russia to be, be sort of like stronger yeah. and can gain a competitive edge. Um, now, I no longer care as much about uh, sort of like a national identitarianisms and so forth. But like even from a universalistic perspective, a high IQ world population would be a much more peaceful and smarter and more inventive yeah. and more creative uh, population. And uh, But yes, I mean, obviously, the entire AI discourse has um, um, added some major urgency, in my opinion, uh, to getting some kind of biosingularity going. I mean, I don't really care about this. I mean, Musk is going on about population collapse and so on. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's super based. I mean, if he was really based, he was going to sort of like go on about dysgenics, which is uh, the uh, like the real problem. Yeah. And uh, uh, but um, I mean, I think even that is sort of like a mostly solved problem on her, like just projecting forwards uh, by a decade. 
because initially that's go- it's going to be pretty expensive. But uh, historically, what we've seen is when you had medical uh, innovations, uh, they've very rapidly uh, decreased in in well, cost. Well, must, must not available at all in principle. Yeah. Yeah. Unless the rightoids ban it. I mean, you, you do see some things like international prohibitions and people say, you know, Richard Lynn wrote that people will get around it. But I don't believe that's necessarily true because you have things like international prohibition on drugs and people can still get drugs, obviously. Some people can. But, you know, mm-hmm. majority yeah. of people mm-hmm. never consider it because there's an international ban mm-hmm. on it, right? Um, and so I think, okay, that, yeah. I, I think that this is sort of – how much of this factor in your switch to sort of like the rightoids are, you know, are sort of evil and a destructive force for humanity? How much was their opposition to sort of biotech um, uh, driving this, uh, you know, this kind of this kind of shift in your thinking? I mean, to be fair, I mean, I've sort of been disillusioned with dietoids. I mean, basically, like my entire sort of like blogging and political and intellectual career was looking at these various groups of dietoids and seeing them fail one by one. So, I mean, the earliest example of that was yeah. obviously... Rhydoids, yeah, by the way, I, I, mean, I never... Yeah, yeah. The audience yeah. to miss it. Rhydoids, R-I-G-H-T-O-I-D-S. We're just saying people <laughs> who are right-wing. I mean, people might not get our okay. lingual, but we're, right. we talk about rhydoids. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was Dubia. Then I was sort of like very enthused about MAGA in 2015, 2016. I paraded in, in, in Berkeley with a MAGA hat uh, to trigger yeah. the leftoids, the SGWs. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, simply because I was sort of like pretty pissed off about the SGWs. Uh, and I mean, the, you know, that was like the time when they were migrating from Tumbul into uh, real life. Uh, so, so I was like a big bag of person in 2016, and then uh, I got pretty disenchanted by them pretty quickly in like the next year, like when Trump actually started uh, uh, like presidenting. Um, uh, then I uh, was sort of, uh, ironically, I mean, I was actually pretty skeptical about Putinism, Putinism in 2015, 2018. Um, uh, I mean, you can have a look at my, I was sort of like writing up how it's sort of like technologically backwards. It's not sort of uh, automating its industry. It has a pretty bad um, innovation scores. And no, I'm, I'm going to the, into, into that kind of stuff. And obviously the elections are fraudulent uh, and so on. Uh, but um, uh, in the late 2010s, Putin started doing some things which I thought approved of and which I thought might presage some changes for the better. So for instance, like, hold out of hate speech legislation was decriminalized and um, uh, the uh, Russians were defined as the uh, sort of like the nation making uh, uh, like nationality uh, within the Russian Federation uh, there was some like uh, easing of uh, migration legislation to permit more ethnic Russians to come in in a sort of like easing the process I mean you know like, like uh, the kind of stuff that nationalists were agitating for and supporting for most of the 2010s I mean for most of the 2010s the nationalists hated Putin actually uh, so uh, when Putin started doing these uh, sort of like well-based things, um, I adjusted my views and thought, well, okay, yeah, maybe he isn't that bad. And uh, well, uh, then the, I thought that um, his, I mean, I, I guess that he was the thing, what was going to happen around January, like a month before, uh, before it happened. And uh, I thought it would be a, a quick affair. I mean, the yeah. well, prediction markets agreed, 95%. Uh, uh, US intelligence agreed. Um, uh, so, and I thought that, yeah, well, okay, Russia 
population 150 million, it's going to be 200 million. It's sort of like going to recover some of the economies of scale it enjoyed under the Soviet Union. Uh, it would never achieve the potential that the Russian Empire would have had in the absence of communism. But uh, well, I mean, I mean, with, with such a scale, it could at least exist as a sort of a, like a sovereign civilization state, uh, like not quite, not obviously not the US or India, or because their economies are ten times as large, but something like India or uh, like a big version thought, of Japan. You thought, you thought China was going to take the whole thing. You thought Putin, because like a lot of the Putinists, a lot of people that liked Putin and like Russia before the war, they said, oh, he never, you know, they succeeded. You thought they were going to go to Kiev, but they were never trying to go to Kiev. They were just, they wanted to just take part of the Donbass or something and, and land bridge to Crimea. And so they redefine it so that Putin actually accomplished his goals. While you believe from the start that he wanted to conquer all of Ukraine and you still believe that, right? I mean, I mean, obviously, it's going to have to invalid, invalidate. Uh, well, I, I mean, there's a lot of uh, sort of circumstantial evidence that yeah. uh, the ambitions were large scale. Uh, but obviously, the military force employed to that end, 200,000 soldiers, uh, was not. In the event that uh, the um, FSB lied about the levels of subversion that was achieved, and uh, the Russian yeah. army ended up like performing a lot lower than than it was uh, expected uh, to by by many, and coupled with the sort of like lack of manpower commitment and refusal to mobilize uh, more people in which should have been done uh, March or April at the latest. Uh, I mean, that, I think Russia could have won. Uh, I mean, uh, if, if, if it had doubled the troops and it could have generated those troops, conscripts, uh, Belarusian soldiers and uh, mobilization wave. Uh, but uh, Putin decided to wage a war of attrition against Ukraine, which was supported by a coalition uh, that outnumbered it uh, by a factor of 20 in terms of GDP. And historically, uh, it's the coalitions with the bigger GDPs which have, which have tended to win conflicts. I mean, you know, like the Dietoids, like the Z people, uh, they argue, oh, that GDP doesn't matter. America is a fire economy. It's all finance. It's all like insurance. It's all like this sort of uh, fake and gay uh, nonsense that doesn't have any relationship to reality. And, uh, you know, like debating these people is just uh, this not something that I uh, want to... Um, yeah, but you, th- like you think they, they could have done the mobilization? Yeah. The, the standard story of why they didn't do that is because it was uh, uh, politically it was too tough to do that. You think they could have just... Ramped up the mobilization. I mean, like I, ju- I just, I just don't think, I just don't think they're very bright. I mean, they saw that the front was collapsing by late summer, September, and uh, so uh, they sort of reacted in a knee-jerk fashion, like raised some troops uh, immediately as soon as sort of like uh, uh, the area around Kharkov started uh, uh, crumbling. And uh, obviously, it's an extremely inefficient way to go about it, because if you're going to mobilize, it's better to mobilize early so that you have a chance to properly equip and train the troops, as opposed to just sort of uh, like waiting until the front starts collapsing and then uh, sort of like like sending them straight away. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of these sort of very weird, um, very bad um, decisions. And uh, I think that the simplest uh, explanation of it, the Occam's Day's explanation of it, is that these people are A, not very bright, and B, the um, uh, sort of like, uh, all the loops are broken. Uh, you have uh, like this entire culture of lying in which the military reports uh, things that are false, uh, uh, that dance things are going well uh, because it makes Putin happy and Putin ironically keeps on believing them. 
And uh, it's just not uh, the way you would uh, sort of like uh, fight a wife if you are serious about winning it. Yeah. yeah, I think you said something in uh, in your article, uh, The Z of History, you said, you know, liberal democracies um, are truth machines in a way that, uh, you know, uh, in a way that postmodern dictatorships are no, nothing is true and everything is possible or not. Um, I, you know, I think that this is sort of, this is my, you know, the year of Fukuyama. I think there's just, you know, the, the Russia, the case of Russia was happened in China in recent years too. You know, I think this is your view too, is that it basically has made it. So it's, it's been basically made clear that a lot of the, um, a lot of the theories about democracy versus autocracy that I would have scoffed at, you know, three years ago, um, that like you just learn in standard political science, you know, the courses I used to take that I didn't think much of um, when I was studying mm-hmm. political science, those are actually correct. And, you know, it's sort of, you know, and these ideas of like, actually, you know, America's falling apart and Western democracy is a failure. These other countries have some other way. That's actually false. And they're not, they're, there's not like an interesting spin out. Like there's not like something new here. It's just like that Fukuyama and these sort of liberal internationalist types were just simply correct. Um, is that the way you see it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, that Fukuyama, uh, that the clash of civilizations. I thought we were going more along the clash of civilization. Uh, civilizations. You lines. have reached the end of the uh, free recording for this episode of Clown Car. To listen to the rest of the episode, please consider becoming a paid subscriber.